Hello and welcome ladies and gentlemen to episode 40 of the Footmarks podcast. I'm your host Bairam Kazi who you can find at defmango on Twitter and with me as always is Jared Kimber who you can find literally everywhere. And uh, the title for today's podcast is The Ashwins and that is because Ravichandran Ashwin is now one of nine cricketers in the history of our sport who has breached the 500 test wicket mark. And, uh, no, he isn't, because we're recording this before he's taken see, a 500 wicket. See, that's why I was keeping it generic, because I thought that we could fool the audience. Uh, of course, uh, it would be hysterical if Ashwin actually does not go on to take a wicket. He never passes it. Yeah, <laughs> then we'll have to delay this episode, but hopefully this will go out as soon as he does. And uh, yeah, I mean, uh, arguably one of the greatest minds to have ever graced the sport. Let's talk about like his cricket, of course, and throughout the course of this podcast. But uh, yeah, out of that entire list... you know nine nine bowlers who have crossed 500 test wickets he has the third best average and that is one hell of an achievement jared yeah uh, there are obviously reasons why his average is slightly lower than other players mm-hmm. he's not an automatic selection home in a way which is part of it where most of those other guys are but he's most players aren't as destructive as him at home as well mm-hmm. right so you know it go it, that that swings both ways i think that particular metric but to have a finger spinner uh, and and maybe this is slightly in a part of um drs as well mm. but to have a finger spinner and i mean a traditional finger spinner not not like uh, merely be this good uh with a bowling average is kind of weird it, you know i spent a lot of my time looking at you know the best and worst bowling averages in different eras whatever i can tell you who's always at one end and it's always the finger spinners and they're not at the pretty end <laughs> always got terrible averages so to have someone with this many wickets at this kind of average is remarkable yeah i mean nathan lyon is an example literally off that right he's another finger spinner who does not turn the ball both ways and ended up with more than 500 wickets but we'll obviously get into those comparisons but, later but, but an average over 30 right that that's the point right his average Do you know what i mean poor. which is which is fine mm. for for a finger spinner that's not poor for a normal bowler that's poor um so for ashwin to be so far underneath the other guy of his era does tell you something yeah he's basically proving gideon hague wrong when he called uh, finger spin cricket's rubbish skill because ashwin even though he doesn't bowl a dusra he bowls like 10000 other variations so i suppose the carom doesn't he yeah yeah the car- the carom is uh, actually spinning it the other way so i i suppose but he he barely bowls that so hmm. i mean it's it, this isn't like a saklain mushtaq or mujib situation is it yeah. or tikshana this is someone who very rarely bowls that delivery it's not he bowls at most of the tail enders now mm. um occasionally a bowl to a top order player just to check if they're watching yeah basically and uh, i suppose it's time to address the elephant in the room with respect to ravi ashwin and his greatness and that one glaring question that comes to mind with respect to his record right uh, is how well he's bowled or how poorly he's bowled actually in australia and south africa it's uh, phenomenally terrible if you look at the numbers in 10 test matches in australia he averages over 42 and in 7 test matches in south africa his bowling average is touching 50 right it's 49.63 or something of the sort and uh, you know he's only played a single test in new zealand where he took 3 wickets so i don't think we can kind of factor that in that bowling average of 33 odd but everywhere else he's averaged under 30 and in sri lanka west indies and unsurprisingly india he has a bowling average under 22 in the west indies it's 19 point something but that isn't surprising because you tend to get surfaces which turn a lot in those countries so with respect to australia and south africa do you feel like he's really dropped the ball or is that just because well figure spinners tend to do poorly in those sort of conditions 
I actually think he's always bowled pretty well in Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just bowling well in Australia is a different metric if you're an overseas finger spinner, mm-hmm. right? Like if you average 35, you probably had a great series. And if you average uh, 45, and you've managed to keep some pressure on, you've probably done okay in Australia. It's just not the same as anywhere else. I also just think that early on in his career, uh, India just didn't really back him to tour. Mm. And I think if he played a lot more games in Australia and South Africa early on, and he would have just worked it out, right? And, um, you know, we might come on to that later, but but generally he would work it out. And he's tall as well. Mm. So there's no reason why he wouldn't be successful in those places. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned Australia and uh, obviously we have to compare him by default to his great adversary in his era, uh, Nathan Lyon. And Lyon, you know, is the sort of bowler who will hold his line all day and uh, he doesn't have a whole lot of tricks uh, up his sleeve. He'll basically wait for the batter to make a mistake and he does use bounce a lot, particularly at the Gabba, right, where he's had a lot of success. Mm. Ashwin, on the other hand, is a wizard. He has a full bag of tricks and uh, he struggled in Australia. But he got better over time. And uh, I remember in the 2021 series or 2020-2021 tour to Australia, uh, when India went there and, well, eventually won, he had specific plans for Steve Smith and Manus Labushin. So he's always kind of upskilled himself and is trying to outthink batters. And that's really his legacy, I think. More than the wickets, it's the mastery and the, uh, the thought that he puts into his cricket. So I remember his first tour to Australia. I, I was covering that one and I thought he bowled beautifully on that tour and just didn't get the wickets. And India sort of panicked and didn't play him away from home for ages, I think in part because of how poorly he bowled. But he didn't bowl poorly, he just didn't take the wickets. But what he didn't do is probably bowl the way that you would need to bowl in Australia at times. And so he went back and he learned. And by the end, he was out bowling Lathan Lyon in Australia. And and that's what you're talking about here. It's, it's the attention to detail. It's the you know, the the thinking, the work that he puts in. And I, we all like to think that professional athletes put, but a lot of them don't. They mm. just turn up and they're naturally gifted and they hope it works and maybe they get fitter or maybe they get stronger, but they don't break down their game piece by piece um, and try and work it out. And he does. And his record in Australia probably proves that, you know, how much better he's got over the years that he's bowled there. And mm. it, he does, if, if he had a weakness, it's also his strength. He has too big a bag, mm. right? Like, essentially, you, you look at Shane Warne. Shane Warne basically gave the wrong and up pretty early on. He's like, I'm going to bowl one that goes straight and skids on, and it's either going to be the flipper, and then eventually it's going to be the slider. And then I'm going to uh, bowl another one that goes straight that bounces a little bit more, and that's the one I'm trying to turn but doesn't. And then I'm going to bowl one that I'm going to try and turn a lot, right? And now look at Ashwin. Ashwin's got like a million different things that he can mm. do from ball to ball. And sometimes you just think, mate, you're like a tall, accurate, clever, big spinning offie. You don't need to bowl 83 different deliveries, but it's not how he works, Yeah, right? He, he, the, the creativity part of it is, I think, an element of why he's so good. Hmm. And yo, I think you described him as someone who plays 5D chess. That's a very accurate description because we're talking about Ravi Ashwin over here. And, you know, in years to come by, I feel like he has a proper career in uh, punditry because the sort of uh, insight that Ashwin would be able to provide uh, would be, immense really um but let's come to england now ashwin actually averages 28.11 in seven tests over there but uh, since he's played a world test championship final versus new zealand in which he did quite well his average shoots up to around 33 versus england in england now those numbers aren't terrible right uh but let's be honest there are times when moin ali outbowled him in tests over there and we all know who the better spinner is so if you have a cricket ball close to you 
Can you give us a quick uh, intro into the differences between overspin and side spin and all of that stuff and how that might have uh, accounted to these numbers? Uh, do I have a cricket ball? Yes, he does. He's found it. <laughs> I, I, I think the biggest issue, issue with Ashwin at times is that, and when we're talking about when Mo and Ellie outbowled him, what year would that have been? Do you remember? 15? 15-ish? Yeah, 14, yeah. 15, something right? like that. That's when Moin went crazy that, versus India, right? Like that, that was some of the best bowls he's bowled in his career. India and South Africa are two teams that he's really troubled. Yeah. So I think in, if, if you have a look at England, Australia and Asia, Right. And Asia are more talking here, UAE, um, India and Sri Lanka. Right. Um, so in those in those those parts of Asia, you're basically um you're putting a little bit of side spin on the ball, but you're bowling it a little bit faster. Occasionally you're even bowling under spin on the ball, hmm. right? Because the ball's gonna spin anyway. Yeah. When you go to England, you wanna put pure side spin on the ball a lot of times. And the reason then is because the ball drifts in England. Hmm. So if you put side spin on the ball, it will actually curve away and then come back in. It's not something you see spinners in Asia need to do as much, right? Because they don't need that extra advantage. They get the advantage off the pitch. Hmm. They don't need the advantage in the air. And if you go to Australia, you want to put over more overspin on the ball, right. which is why traditionally wrist spinners do better because they, they have more natural overspin hmm. than finger spinners do. My guess is... That if Ashwin had been used correctly early on, if if they had seen what I saw in in 10, uh, 11, 12, right, rather than what they saw, they would have been like, he just needs to work this out. Mm. He just needs to work out what to bowl. And we now know that he has no issues with that, right? And, and he will go on to be a very good bowler in all conditions. But he has to learn that. And how is he supposed to learn that when, you know, he's bowling in, in Chennai and the <laughs> ball's ragging for him everywhere, Right. And, and and these things are really, really important when you're developing a player. Now, I think this is a really important lesson for how teams handle in, in, in all talent. Because if Ashwin could be misused for the first five or so years of his career, what the hell is happening to other players who aren't going to work it out for themselves? And over time, he has worked it out. And so you watch him go back. You watch him bowl in the, um, in the World Test Championship uh, against New Zealand. Look at the way he's using drift there. Yeah. He's completely worked it out. Look at the way he used drift the last two times. Uh, sorry, used topspin the last two times he's in Australia. Right. So you everyone has to develop those sorts of things. And it's no different than Jimmy Anderson having to bowl a little bit more back of a length when he bowl he bowls in Australia and you know, all, all these different things that you need to learn in different countries. But you have to learn them. Hmm. And I think what we know with Ashwin is if you give him enough time, he will work out anything. Yeah. But you can't just expect any player to just go over and do it. Players will be good where they're naturally good without them having to think at all. But in the places that they're not naturally good, they're going to have to try and work that out. And that takes time. Yeah. And uh, I mean, given the progress that he did show in England, particularly that World Test Championship final, it is still one of those things that forces uh, you to scratch your head that why he didn't play versus Australia in last year's World Test Championship final. But um, moving forward, of course, in our discourse, if we compare Ashwin versus right and left-handed batters, we can see that he's far better versus left-handed batters in Senna Nations. So he's a perfect matchup genius, you know, in those conditions. But if you look everywhere else, he's equally good versus left-handers and right-handers. And, you know, that is a bit surprising because you'd expect an off-spinner uh, or a finger-spinner to do well versus left-handers because of that whole matchup element. But for him, 
to basically, outside of Senna, perform equally good. And when I say equally good, I mean he's been an absolute beast versus both right and left-handers. Yeah. That, that's crazy. Yeah, I think um, it's funny. I, I, there was a te- one of the England test matches after the break, they bowled the two left-arm finger spinners. Must have been the first test when they were both playing. Um, they bowled the f- two left-arm finger spinners um, together and there were two right-handers out there. And like someone straight away goes, this is what, you know, tells the, send me a message. This is what's wrong with matchups. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, this is what's wrong with matchups because he's actually really good against right-handers. <laughs> There's no reason not to bowl Ashwin to them. And it's actually, I think it's been an issue at times for Akshar and Jadeja because realistically, there's no time when Ashwin shouldn't be bowling, hmm? right? He should just always be bowling in Asia. Like he is that brilliant in those conditions that you just throw him the ball and he's going to win you the test match. And Jadeja has been at times as good as him, occasionally slightly better, but mostly just, just slightly behind. Hmm. And then you got Akshar going, but, but you pick me as well. Can I have a bowl? <laughs> um, and so it does cause a problem. But yeah, I, in Asian conditions, I remember the way he worked over Ollie Pope on that tour last time. Hmm. Obviously, Ollie Pope's done better against him this time. But that last tour, where Ollie Pope was just like, he just didn't understand what to do against Ashwin. Um, and, you know, you, in, since DRS, really, um, there's been a huge change. But I think Murali's record gets a lot better against left-handers after DRS than it is before. Mm. And if you look at Murali's record, he actually bowled to a lot of left-handers and didn't dismiss them. And then in the era after DRS, he starts dismissing everyone, right? Uh, all the left-handers. Ashwin has grown up in an in a era when him and Graham Swan, um, uh, I'm trying to think there's another one as well, uh, Pereira, there's there's all these guys around the world that are just unplayable if you are left-handed. But in Asia, he's just unplayable all the time. Uh, and, and so there is no let-up if you're a left-hander or a right-hander. Away from home, he's probably a holding bowler against right-handers mm-hmm. and then an attacking option against lefties. Yeah, basically. And uh, you brought Away up- from Asia, not home. You brought up Ollie Pope and how he was worked over by Ashwin in the last tour. Well, this time Ollie Pope was reversing, right? And he scored 196. And I think Ollie Pope, Reverse sweeping his way to nearly a 200 in test cricket is the equivalent of the actual Pope saying okay to same-sex marriages. I think that's a fantastic analogy right <laughs> over there. Uh, but anyway, uh, you mentioned Asian... There goes the Catholic audience. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let's talk about Ashwin in India, right? And obviously, he's been beyond phenomenal. And he actually has the third best average of uh, all bowlers in the history of sport at home with at least 200 wickets at home, obviously. And, uh, you know, what I want to ask uh, over here is obviously people will bring in the whole dust bowl equation and the fact that he had Jadeja as a bowling partner and that the pace attack that Ashwin was bowling with for the majority of his career was, you know, more than sturdy. So how much do you think all of those elements contribute to his success at home versus his actual genius? Remember that cricket is a funny game. 100 years before we protected our heads, players looked after their groins. So don't be as stupid as old cricketers and protect your computer today. NordVPN is the protection I use when facing cyber shortfalls or when rights issues try to dismiss me. NordVPN will help you get through the straight bat of any geo blocks so you can watch all the cricket you want. If you need your pitch changed, well, NordVPN can doctor any surface to a new location so that your IP address is set up for you to win. Want to buy an associate cricket shirt from a place that won't ship to your country? Select NordVPN. Want to watch a game on a free stream in another hemisphere? NordVPN. Or if you just want to watch a clip on social media that a cricket board won't allow you to, promote NordVPN to pinch it for you. 
So if you need a VPN, go Nord. Use nordvpn.com forward slash Kimber to get a huge discount off your Nord VPN plan plus four additional months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. The link is in the show notes. Protect your computer like a cricketer protects its nether region with Nord VPN today. Um, I think that the... The ragging pitches is probably one of the reasons he has the third best average of the guys in the 500 club, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I I don't think, I mean, the freaking Todd Murphy and Tom Hartley and, <laughs> you know, Matt Kuhneman, <laughs> you know, uh, all these other guys, are uh, Joe Root, mm. um, all these other guys are unplayable. Then you have to admit at a certain point that the pitches are playing a part, but they haven't always been ragging like that the, all yep. the way through his career. I think in general, if you look at Marshall and Garner, um, if you look at McGrath and Warren, if you look at, you know, Wackar and, and Wazim, generally great bowlers come in pairs or, mm. or you know, th- uh, threes or even fours. And it's because even if you've got a bowler who's slightly less good, like, say, Brett Lee, mm. if Brett Lee is bowling, but he's bowling after McGrath and Gillespie have already knocked over the top order, and now he's bowling with Shane Warren at the end, other end going at one and a half runs and over and, you know, uh, causing problems, Brettley's going to have a better average than he would have anyway because a he's bowling to more un- um, unset batters. Yeah, unset is that what I meant? Yeah, I think that's the right word. Mm. I suppose Not so. set. What yeah, is, unset. I think that's what I meant. Uh, batters he's, he's who bowling, haven't found their feet yet in a particular innings. <laughs> yeah, and so he's going to bowl to more of them. And also, there's going to be just more wickets happening, right? You know, there's he's not going to be having to do the hard yards because Unsettled. that's what the other bowlers are doing. Unsettled. Unsettled. Maybe that's what I meant. Uh, that's it. I love how you just not listening to anything, <laughs> thinking of the word. That. But, but so I, I, Ashwin is different. I'm not comparing him in that way. But what I mean is, Ashwin is in the same situation though, because Jadeja's taking wickets, and Bumrah's yeah. taking wickets, and Shami's taking wickets, and Umesh is taking wickets, mm. and Ishan, right? You know, you've got all these different action. I've now named them all. Mm. Cool, dude. Yep. Um, you've got all these other guys taking wickets, which which does help. So I think all of those things help. But when we looked at him on the flat wickets, mm. where the bowling average was over 40, he averages 30 on those wickets, and the average overall on those wickets is 50. Wow. So he is 20 runs per wicket better on a flat Indian wicket than a standard bowler. Now, I'm, I think Cheyenne found that one. I wouldn't... I, to be honest, I wouldn't have even looked that up. I, I, I'd never even thought of something mm. like that before. But the minute someone says he only takes wickets when it's ragging, he just doesn't. It's just mm. not true, yeah. right? I mean, we have it right there in front of us. And I think it tells you a lot about how good he is. He, I think if that's the case, put it this way. I know we'll come to other bowlers later on, but mm. there are other bowlers who average, you know, around 30, 32, 33, um, who have been thought of as great bowlers in, in Indian history. Um, they weren't bowling on wickets that were averaging 50 runs mm. every time they went out there. Like they got some good helpful wickets as well and some crumbling fourth innings pitches and all that sort of stuff as well. And they still um, and they still ended up with an average around 30. The fact that he's so much less than that, I think we have to, we have to be honest at a certain point and go, he would have been a great in any particular era. Now, he would have bowled differently if mm. it wasn't in the DRS era or on these kinds of pitches. That, that I don't doubt. But I still think he would have been absolutely, you know, without doubt would have been a great in any other era if he'd played at the same time. Yeah, props to Cheyenne for unearthing that statistic. I mean, for Ashwin to average 20 less runs per wicket 
on flat wickets versus the rest is flat out ridiculous, puns intended. Hey. But uh, if we look at Ashwin's innings breakdown in India, right? Because we're trying to look at this from a holistic point of view. He is leaps and bounds ahead of all the others in the first innings of a game. And in the second innings, he gets better. It, the, the gulf hmm. becomes even higher. And while other bowlers, they start to kind of catch up to him in innings three and four, Ashwin is still ahead. So obviously, he would feast on, you know, rank turners. But those numbers literally prove that he does not rely on them. No, I mean, it, 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 you're right. It suggests the opposite, right? Hmm. It suggests that when he's way better than other spinners, it's actually when the pitch is at its best. Yeah. And as the pitch actually gets to the point where anyone can take wickets, hmm. he's still better than the others, but he's not that much better than that's when that's when the Todd Murphys and the Koonamans mm. and uh, the Jack Leeches, um, uh, you know, uh, Keshav Maharaj catch up to him, mm. right? Because now the the wicket is ragging. All they need to do is come in and bowl a couple of different kinds of deliveries, try and hit the same spot, and they're going to be really dangerous. Whereas early on, when the pitch is um, helping the batters a little bit more and it hasn't started to deteriorate, the guy who is absolutely brilliant in that in that part is Ashlyn because he has the full bag, hmm. right? They're, he's not just good at one or two things when it comes to spin bowling. He's good at pretty much everything when it comes to spin bowling. Flight, guiles, yeah. you know, varying his speed, varying his angles, um, anything that you want, he, he can do it. I've seen him York batters out as well. Like, I've seen Ashwin do everything pretty much. Um, and He's not know, Mark Watt. Settle down. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, uh, it's not just the variations. Obviously, inventing new sorts of deliveries and enhancing his artillery and that bag of trip tricks that has pretty much been the theme of his entire career. That is sort of his legacy. But it's not just that. It's the angles. He'll sometimes invent an entirely new angle and work out a way to, you know, get a particular kind of batter out. Sometimes he'll be completely blocking the umpire's view and going from one side to the other after he bowls a delivery. And you'd have to say that in the history of our sport, no other spinner, at least based on what I've seen, has added to their arsenal more than Ashwin. Do you know what I think? I think he's coming along as a perfect person at a perfect time hmm. where we have close-up cameras. Mm-hmm. In fact, do you remember? I, I don't know if you ever saw it. I, I did a thing with a guy who has, um, he bought the camera. That, he, he's a Patreon um, mm. subscriber. And he bought this camera that was the hummingbird camera so you could see the flaps of the hummingbird wings. Mm. And he used it with Benny Howell. And I think he might have got too busy with work. I haven't heard from him in ages, <laughs> um, although he'll probably be listening to this. I tried to hook him up with Ashwin mm. because I wanted to see what Ashwin could make of that technology. But even without that, you know, you go online and there's these kids like breaking down frame by frame what Ashwin and Rashid Khan and, you know, Ravi... Um, uh, Bishnoi and all these different spinners are doing, you know, that is slightly different and everything else. Ashwin is kind of one of those kids, but with the skill to do all the stuff on the field. So the combination of technology and his own knowledge have sort of come together at, at the right time. And so I wouldn't say he has invented new balls like Saklain Mushtak or, mm-hmm. you know, or um, uh, Clary Grimmett or anything like that. But what he has done is probably understood every subtle change a finger spinner can make hmm. that i don't think I, this is not to say that bisham Beatty or sunny ramadan or you know lance gibbs didn't know some of these things but they couldn't see it yeah they couldn't understand it right they couldn't do a test in the net and then go back and look at the footage and go ah when i do this hmm. it actually does that so gareth batty talks about how ashwin can bowl so so a traditional spinner will bowl out to in Hmm. which means that you drift the ball away and it spins back in. 
Ash, uh, but there are some offspinners who have a weird action. They come over their head a little bit more and they bowl in to in. So the ball actually drifts in and then spins in, hmm. right? Ashwin knows that. And you could see him even in a delivery try that. Then you could see him purposely put his fingers underneath and try and create that sort of UFO ball that Graham Swan had. Hmm. It's the ability to go between all those different things that really sets him apart. So he's not inventing new deliveries every time he goes out there, but what he is doing is using them in a slightly different way and putting hmm. the se tilting the seam in a different direction and using the, the, the smooth side of the ball and then the rough side of the ball and everything else to try and get the ball to do a slightly different thing every time it goes down. He's, he's a, a student of the game who basically applies these subtle changes and tweaks these deliveries, already existing deliveries up to, you know, do things that most of us have not thought about. He's the sort of kid who probably does not need technology to count the number of revs on the ball from the time he delivers it to when it pitches. You, you know, you, you're, you're a bowler, right? And you've bowled in the net sometimes and the balls come out and you'd be like, that did something weird. Yeah. That didn't do what I was trying to do there, mm -hmm. right? And and, and, and I know test bowlers have done this before. Ian O'Brien was a famous one of trying to work out, oh, wait a minute, something something was different then. I'm going to try and work it out, whatever. And, and, and it's harder for seamers because kind of seamers just run up and try and hit the top of off stump, even though we overcomplicate what they do sometimes. That's essentially what most fast bowlers do. But Ashwin is the sort of person who wants to know why that last ball did that weird thing. Can he replicate it? Can he make it happen again? Is there a way of tweaking it? Is there something they could do? And that it's that attention to detail that you said a student of the game. He's a super villain of the game. <laughs> yeah, I suppose that's apt. I mean, if you're averaging 20 runs less on a flat wicket than all of the other bowlers, then you're definitely yeah. a super villain, right? You're, you're that evil genius who, who none of those superheroes can defeat. But uh, I think uh, we'll come back to his bowling in a bit. Let's talk about his batting, all right? Ashwin is not exactly a genuine all-rounder. But he provides decent utility with the bat. And, uh, you know, if we compare him to the eight other members of the 500 Test Wicket Club, he has more hundreds than all of them combined. Till 2017, he had a better batting average than Ravi Jadeja. Uh, but his batting average has dropped considerably uh, since he's not that good against pace. And, uh, you know, even though all of those things said and done, he has some memorable knocks in the fourth innings, right? He did have that oh, yeah. uh, innings in Sydney where he copped several body blows and kind of drew that test, uh, dead batting it and, uh, well, leaving it and, and, and taking some blows to the body. And also he once helped India chase 145 in Mirpur, Dhaka, when, uh, well, Shriya Sire was by his side and India was 74 for the loss of seven wickets. They went on to chase that. And, uh, you know, those results were really important with respect to qualification for the World Test Championship final. So bearing that in mind, would you say that Ashwin is a clutch batter in Test cricket? Um, hmm. No, I don't think so. I think part of the reason he's probably better in the fourth innings is the ball doesn't come on as quickly. Hmm. And I think that's probably one of his technical problems. He, he doesn't move. He does, he's not a fast twitch athlete. He's an incredible yeah. athlete, but he's not, you know, he's, you know, he's the Nikola Jokic of, of <laughs> cricket, right? Like athletically, probably can't jump over his own shadow right yeah can't, can't disconnect from his own shadow um uh, i can't remember who it was i think it was neil manthorpe was commentating on talk sport and he mm. said one thing i've always uh, uh, really liked about ashwin is he's always moved like a man of his age 
Um, you know, like as in, you know, when he's 35, he runs like a 35-year-old in the field, right? There's none of this Faf du Plessis nonsense um, or Brendan McCullum nonsense. Like he looks like he's an old man in the field. So I think in the fourth innings, it's that. I also think he's very good at situational batting. Hmm. As in, not the most talented batter, but he is very good at coming up with of going, this is what I need to do in this situation. And I will now cut out this part of my game and just focus on this. I'll just get hit in Australia or, you know, I'll just, I turn the ball for one. I, you know, I was watching him bat in the fourth innings of that chase where, you know, in India lost that first test against England. And I was like, do you know what? I'd almost rather have him out there at the moment than a specialist batter. Hmm. Not that a specialist batter isn't better, but a specialist batter would still be thinking, I need to play all these different shots and put pressure back on where he was just like, well, they're not going to get me out if they bowl this delivery. And, when when they bowl this delivery, I can get a single. That's all I need to do. Block these three balls and score off this one ball. And then eventually they will start to panic, you know. And to be fair, he, you know, he got that game closer than it probably should have got. So I think he's very good at that. And I think that has helped him a lot in white ball cricket as well. So yeah. you look at T20 cricket of going, mm. I'm not an all-rounder. I, I remember talking to Rajasthan. They asked me about their team and I said, you, you don't have an all-rounder. Like, you, you don't even have, like, unless you... You, you're hoping Shiv and Dubey can bowl two or three overs a game. I don't know how you, you this team is going to go. And so Ashland's like, okay, well, I'm going to make myself into an all-rounder. I'm going to just attack spin. I'm going to, you know, bat in that position. And occasionally it was chipping spin around and occasionally it was slogging. But again, it was finding a way to be effective with the bat, uh, especially as he's got older, which mm. I really, really admire. Um, you know, that, that it's a very smart way of going about your batting if you know you're not particularly good. Most people who aren't very good at batting, just play stupid shots, hmm. right? Like, whereas he tries, even when he's playing a big um, slog or whatever it may be, you could see there's a you could see there's a reason behind why he's playing those shots. Yeah, you brought up T20 batting. Of course, I know this is a Test cricket podcast more so because that's where he's gotten the 500 Test wickets. But there's that finish versus Pakistan in Melbourne, right? Uh, hmm? Which you can definitely think of. Um, he he the, was the leave the leave. Yeah, he was quite smart over there. And at that point. You know, I think he's on record where he says that if he could not have pulled that off, he might have retired from T20 cricket at the spot. But, you know, it requires a certain kind of a, or a breed of minerals to do what Ashwin did. And that's where the evil genius part comes up. <laughs> Thanks to the kind folks at FlexiSpot for looking after my office and my butt by sending me their E7 Pro desk that save your favorite desk heights at a touch of a button. You don't have to crank anything. This thing just finds the height that you like and you can work. And their BS12 Pro chair that supports my posterior while I'm recording, well, this ad and all my shows. If you need great desks, especially ones that change heights or the best quality chairs, head on over to FlexiSpot. Yeah, I mean, you know, it. it uh, I think other cricketers would have thought that, right? But he's backing it up also with the ability to do it. Yeah, of uh, 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 you know, but if you think about it, he was so sure where the ball was going to be that he, uh, you know, he knew what Nawaz was going to do before Nawaz knew what he was going to do, mm -hmm. right? And aren't you happy I didn't say Rizwan? He was, um, yeah, that's that's good on you. But he knew what Nawaz was going to do before Nawaz was born. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, but then, as you've said, it's the ability to back it up, and and mm. and you know, it's the same. You can talk about the man cads as well, right? Yeah. Like he. He's willing to back up his his thoughts, and he's and you know if if you tell him off a of man cards, he's going to be like, well, wait a minute, why is the batter not in trouble? Like he doesn't start with he he talks about the spirit of cricket, but he very rarely started with the spirit of cricket. 
when he first began talking mm. about man cows. What did he talk about? Well, wait a minute, the batters are allowed to cheat, but I'm not allowed to dismiss him. Mm. And, you know, as, as a fellow cricket nerd, I'm completely on his side when it comes to that sort of stuff, right? And uh, it's so it's fascinating to watch someone in real time sort of do that in front of you. Yeah, in the future when mankads are normalized, you know, we'll look back to Ravi Ashwin because he's literally been the torchbearer for the mankad in the 21st century and he's brought it back into fashion. He has uh, wasted a lot of his energy on Twitter just talking about it and defending himself and fighting other people. And it would be unfair for us to have an Ashwin-specific podcast on footmarks and not talk about that. Also, how many finger spinners have attempted to bowl wrist spin, right? Just Ashwin? Or is there someone else? Of course, <laughs> there's someone else. You know about this person. You you always bring someone up. <laughs> um, uh, Sobers. Okay. Um, Mark Watt. Okay. Now, there's a couple. Yeah. I mean, I, I think what's more interesting is Mark Watt used it occasionally against left-handers. Hmm. If he can't if he can't work out a way to slow a left-hander down, traditionally he would try it. Uh, Garfield Sobers would try it when finger spin wasn't working, or if he you know you know he got tired from bowling or yeah. bored from bowling finger spin, right? And Liam Livingston Ashwin does actually, not count. Livingston is no, a no, not th th those. Yeah, yeah. And the, Livingston and, and Sachin don't count because mm. they're part timers who are yeah. bored, and 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 uh, Root does it as well, right? Mm. But no, no, I think you're right. I think, and, and the other thing is there was a long period where he was like bowling a lot more leg spin. <laughs> that it wasn't just like Mark Watt used it. And it wasn't the way that Garfield Sobers used it, you know. And traditionally, we did, there was some bowlers back in the old days who were, sometimes would bowl a little bit of both. But uh, it's not really something we see in modern cricket. And it's not usually something we see from specialist bowlers. Mm -hmm. And there was one year in the IPL, I just thought his bowling legs been like, all the like, yeah. I couldn't believe the commentators weren't just calling him a leg spinner. Like, <laughs> it felt like to me, he'd almost changed what he was bowling. It's just an incredible skill to suddenly change between those two things. They are not similar, right? Like I can bowl leg spin and I can bowl rubbish off spin, right? Hmm. That's that's where I would expect most people to be able to, <laughs> you can, if you're capable with one, you can probably bowl the other one in a way that looks okay as at, for one delivery, but ball after ball. And I, I thought it was the way he thinks about cricket, you know, the, the, the Sabash um, interview he did years ago where he mm -hmm. talked about the six um, six well-constructed bad balls. It's, it's so far – I couldn't even get that at the time that he was talking <laughs> about it. And it was only later when I really started working with bowlers and their death capabilities that I was like, he is, um, you know, on a completely different level, yeah. uh, the way he thinks about things. I mean, I'm surprised he hasn't tried his hand uh, bowling with the left arm yet. <laughs> because uh, if he could become ambidextrous, then he would be the true supervillain or, or the Thanos of the cricketing world. Um, but anyway, coming back to his batting and kind of wrapping that up, uh, the all-rounder debate, right? I did mention earlier that uh, up until 2017, he did have a better batting average than Ravi Jadeja. He was averaging around 35. And I remember Star Sports has this ad where there's this guy looking at the, the screen and he's like, oh, Ashwin did it again. And he's like, oh, how many wickets did he take? And he's like, no, he scored a ton. So he had kind of built that reputation for himself. It did drop. But if we look at, uh, you know, 2016 and 2017, he batted fairly frequently in the top seven. And, uh, you know, he played a lot in Asian conditions in the West Indies in that period. So it kind of makes sense. But he was able to give India a lot of uh, depth and flexibility with respect to their uh, lineup. So for that period alone, you could probably consider him to be an outside Senna genuine all-rounder maybe. 
Yeah, probably at his best. Maybe less so now, mm. uh, but certainly at his best, I think. I, I, I certainly considered him an all-rounder in Asia for a long time, maybe even after he stopped being able to do that job. Mm. Um, and he gave them the ability to have, um, you know, that longer batting lineup or even bat at number seven mm. at times. So I, I think that's fair. Not a top six. You probably would never want him at six. But I thought he had a really good technique against spin and, and played in Asian conditions very, very well for a long mm. period of time. I, I just think he's slowed down. He's, mm. you know, and he was never a quick guy. So if he slows down a little bit, it, he's going to be a little bit more of a target for the fast bowlers. But also he can't get out to the spinners as much and everything else. Yeah. All right, let's come to the fun part. We're going to do a small little exercise in which we'll compare Ravi Ashwin with the other Indian spinners and uh, come to the bones of an argument which is centered around, centered around whether or not Ashwin is the greatest ever bowler or spin bowler to come out of India. So, of course, you have Bishan Bedi. Uh, Bishan Bedi, for those who don't know, had a fourth innings average of 14.5. But overall, you'd still take Ashwin. Look, I think Bishan Bedi was great. Um, a fantastic bowler, probably under under remembered now because India didn't play as many test matches at that time and they weren't a particularly strong side. Mm. Um, I don't know if I'd have him ahead of Kumble, but I'd probably have him as my third best Indian spinner. Mm. Um, yeah, certainly ahead of Harbhajan and, and I thought Chandra was great too, but mm. I, I'd probably have Bishan ahead of the others. And he was an absolute master of, of the ball. But all, all, four, all four innings mm. inside and outside of Asia, I'd rather have Ashwin. Yeah, uh, I'm sorry. Outside of the actual fourth innings, yeah. Bishan Beatty was unplayable. I should say. Yeah. So all three innings, hmm. inside and outside of Asia, I'd probably pick um, uh, Ashwin over um, Beatty. And then in the fourth innings, I don't know if you're averaging 14 and a half. I have to give it to you at a certain point. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's high praise. That if you look at all four innings, someone is trumping Ashwin in the fourth. So that's crazy. Um, Harbhajan, you mentioned him, and of course, early on in his career. He was uh, striking at a very high rate uh, in India. But, uh, you know, while he was excellent up until 2005, the drop-off was also quite, uh, well, ridiculous. Uh, the average ballooned and he didn't end up with the same sort of numbers and they aren't particularly comparable to Ashwin. But you forgot Ravi Jadeja because this is someone who he's going toe-to-toe with in Indian conditions. Uh, and Ashwin and Jadeja, they operate as a pair and they hunt as a pair. Um, he's still ahead, Ashwin, in the numbers. But do you think Richard Eja maybe could eke out uh, uh, or ahead of Ashwin in Indian conditions? I mean, Richard is older than I think people think he is because maybe he's, you know, he was so fresh-faced for so long. He also, be fresh-faced with injured a lot with of beard times. and mustache. Yeah, yeah, he was injured a lot. I, I don't think he's a better bowl than Ashwin, hmm. but I think because of his. He, you know, if he played for an extra four or five years, and who knows how long Ashwin will play as well. But if he played for another four or five years, then maybe he could get some of the similar counting stats hmm. as Ashwin. Um, I don't think he'll end up with as good an average, just because I think that they've already decided to make their wickets slightly less, um, you know, treacherous for batters. Um, but I don't think I don't think Jadeja will ever go past him. But if he hangs around and takes another couple of hundred wickets, then. Hmm. You know, he's certainly back in that conversation, uh, but certainly not going to get there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just no, one I, thing, by the way, it's not it's not in the piece, but we did look this up just about because you mentioned Harbhajan, hmm. and we did actually look this up. Uh, so Harbhajan quite often complains that Ashwin has had better pitches um, to play hmm. on, um, and uh, if you look at their 
pitches ratio, so the matches that they played in. Mm. So Ashland's record is one point four time. Uh, sorry, one point four on on those, and um, Habajan's is one point um, one. Mm. So he wasn't dominant. Even even on flat pitches, he wasn't a particularly dominant player. Whereas Ashwin has shown to be dominant even on flat pitches at times. Just I, I it, we didn't put it in the video because we didn't have to because obviously there were many other things that separate yeah. them. But it is it is one worth saying just because Harvishan goes on and on about uh, all right. He's look at the pitches he gets the ball on. Mm. Well, you weren't dominating on the pitches that you were bowling on anyway, and he has dominated on the do on the pitches that rag and on the pitches that don't rag. I mean, I would take anything that Harbhajan says with an ounce of salt. He has that four bravado about him and he's pretty much always complaining and ends up saying things that he regrets later. That's kind of his personality. But uh, I hope he slaps you for this. <laughs> I mean, I'm not Srisanth. But uh, anyway, that leaves us with, uh, well, the obvious candidate to kind of compare uh, with Ashwin with, and that is Anil Kumble. He's the only other Indian bowler to have breached the 500 wicket barrier in test cricket. He actually ended up with 619 scalps in the format and, uh, you know, weirdly enough, was not a big turner of the ball. He'd get you with those straighter ones and he applied a fair amount of drift and he would kind of bowl them at a good length all day. Uh, whereas, you know, Ashwin might never cross Kumble's tally of wickets. Or maybe he will. Who's to say he won't? But, mm. you know, another... 115 wickets I'm kind of uh, estimating because we don't know how much he'll end up with after the Rajkot yeah. test. But let's say he takes five, right? Another 115 wickets where Ashwin is definitely, you know, in the twilight of his career and we don't even know how many overseas tests he's going to get based on the way India sure. use him, right? Uh, he might never cross Kumble. And uh, you'd think that Ashwin is a better quality spinner, but let's not forget that uh, Anil Kumble in the games that he played against Shane Warne and Butaya Mudlidharan, who are the two spinners or greatest spinners of all time and his era, he outbowled them. So it's an interesting in comparison. In yeah, India. in India. In India. Yeah. So it is an interesting yeah. comparison, isn't it? Yeah. I, I've always wanted to do something on Kumble, and this video kind of ends up being a lot about Kumble. Hmm. And it's not an accident because I really wanted to test. So, so just on that match match um what, what we were talking about the um era ratio and the match ratio mm -hmm. era ratio Kumble is a bit further behind ashwin but mm -hmm. match ratio when you look at the pitches they both went on Kumble's match ratio he was um 35 uh, better than a normal bowler in those pitches and Kumble was 40 percent but uh, sorry mm -hmm. uh, Kumble was 35 percent and, and ashwin was 40 percent so ashwin still beats him right hmm. we, there's nothing we could do about that he's still better but that was the stat i was really interested in because i watched a lot of those test matches kumble bowled on some of the most ordinary wickets for a bowler like you just felt sorry for this guy having hmm. to come in and bowl on those and because of that he doesn't have the killer average right whereas when you look at this in an advanced way like you what you look at him versus you know murally and Warren, you look at him on these flat pitches in india and you start to go this was a great bowler who happened to bowl on wickets that were probably set up for India's strength at the time, which was batting, right? Mm. You know, they had that yeah. great batting lineup. Why would you not feed that batting lineup? That's how you were going to crush teams. And then you hope that you get to the end and Kumble or Venkatipati Raju or Kumble and, and Harbhajan completely destroy in the final innings and you, you take the game home, right? Yeah, yeah. So your batters make 500, 600 runs and then you run through the team at the end of the game, which is absolutely a, a solid way of going but it does mean that they had a rolls royce of bowling 
and they made him do a lot of shops to the a lot of trips to the shops to get milk, right? Like a lot of dog stuff that you probably don't want a bowler of of that talent to have to go through. But I wanted to. I think it was also fair because you can't just compare their bowling averages. You really do have to go through pound for pound for what the two of them do. And when it comes down to it, Kumble does hold up remarkably well against Ashwin. And the other thing yeah. I wanted to mention is that Kumble was Ashwin before we had Twitter. Right, mm. like he he reads books and he's an intelligent guy and he's a bit of a nerd and you know and um and and the sort of people who like Kumble are people like me, who are absolutely fascinated in the small changes that he could do and make you know and and have success with and the fact that he didn't spin it and still yeah. took all these wickets like there's a lot of fascinating things about Kumble the bowler and I thought the two of them being compared was was worthy right but also they're similar. So it wasn't just that I was comparing them because they might be the two best spinners ever from India and probably are, um, but also because they're actually quite similar. Uh, you know, they go about their life in different ways. I think Kumble was probably less likely to try and upset people, um, you know, and Ashwin doesn't care about that sort of side of it as much. But they're very similar sorts of guys, the way they think about the game. You know, you talk about the students of the game. They are people who are trying to learn every time they have a ball in their hand. Yeah, they're absolute nerds. And Kumble even had that look for the longest time. In fact, I'm disappointed, Jared, you didn't look up Kumble's numbers with the stash and without the stash and with the glasses <laughs> and without the glasses and with the headband and without the headband. There's so many things that Anil Kumble did, right? <laughs> Travis uh, Travis um, set up StatsGuru years ago and I've been, I was telling him for years, sadly, the great man has passed, but I was telling him for years, so many things you missed out on stats guru and facial <laughs> hair was the main one and travis 100 percent agreed yeah well rest in peace travis and uh, you know uh, i think uh, you've already touched on eras ratio and match factor and how ashwin is slightly ahead with respect to kumble over there but one more thing that we need to consider over here is that ashwin as we've mentioned before that bowlers kind of humped in backs and ashwin had uh, really really like world-class support mm. in jadeja and akshar patel whereas kumble you know, had Bhaji in his prime for a bit, but then Bhaji dropped off. So that also needs to be factored in, I believe. Yeah, he had Van Katapati Raju, mm. who was a really good bowler. I loved him. He's one of my favorite uh, bowlers. Uh, probably the first finger spinner I ever really got. Like Australian finger spinners were so shit in that era that I, I was just like, why are they even trying this finger spin? And then you watch Van Katapati Raju and you're like, oh, that's what it, that's what it should be, right? Now I get it. Um but again, not on the level of, of Jadeja or, or probably even Aksha. Um, yeah. And he's also had the quicks, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, Kumble had a little bit of Zahi Khan, a little bit, uh, and Srinath, uh, both fantastic bowlers. Neither of them are Bumrah. Um, mm. And also they didn't have the support cast of, of all the other Indian quicks that they've had there. So from that point of view, you know, certainly that's another big thing in, in Ashwin's advantage, I think. And again, it's just something that you have to factor in that Ashwin is one of five top level bowlers at any time. India have very rarely had five great, you know, above average bowlers in a bowling attack, um, let alone, you know, three and sometimes when Kumble was playing. So it's a big difference when you've got that kind of backup. When you know that the bowler at the other end is Aksha, right? Or, um, or, um, you know, Umesh Yadav and the ball's reversing or whatever it may be, that's that's a lot better than if you go back to some of the Indian bowls that Kumble had to bowl with. Uh, it, it makes a difference. Yeah. Also, everything that we've, you know, uh, discussed up until now in the Kumble-Ashwin comparison, you know, uh, it's 
toe to toe you'd have to say uh, it's not much that separates the two uh, the match factors and errors ratios are literally they those statistics exist to prove that but if you look at kumble outside of india particularly you know in sena nations that average goes to shit let's be honest right <laughs> and uh, ashwin whilst we have discussed you know how his numbers don't quite stack up uh, you know compared to his numbers in um, sri lanka west indies in india there are uh, you know some high averages in australia and south africa and in england he's done well 28 uh, new zealand has just played one test you'd have to say that ashwin you know did grow as a bowler he worked those things out we yeah. uh, touched upon this earlier how he got better with time in every country that he bowled in australia and england pretty much everywhere so that you know is something that i believe is enough evidence to make the claim that ravi ashwin is the greatest spinner to come out of india and i would put him ahead of kumble because of that yeah yeah i think i think for me i wanted to prove Because there's a lot of '90s kids going on on an oh but yeah, uh, Ashwin gets ragging pitches right, mm. and then there's a lot of modern kids going well. Wait a minute, Ashwin has this average, mm. and um, Kumble has that average. What the hell are we even talking about here? I wanted to show that it was closer than mm. the modern crew understood, and also his case wasn't as airtight as what the old heads. wanted and and that's what we were really trying to get to and you know this is something this is you know me and Shine obviously worked on this together this was the bit that I really wanted to get right because I, I thought that was fair and look I I obviously watched Kumble bowl you know quite a bit in Australia um but but also you know watched him uh you know bowl ar- around the world at times as well you know in in the test matches that I was able to see in those other places he wasn't what's the best way of putting it he he certainly wasn't um If you're weight. batting, if you're batting against him and batting against Ashwin, you feel far more threatened when you're facing Ashwin, I suppose. Even though that's probably Kumble's strength, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think, I think what happens of when you watch Kumble and when you watch him bowl overseas, you were really watching a stock bowler try and put pressure on you, hmm. right? And that was that seemed to be the main skill that he had was just that ability to keep the pressure on you. Whereas if you look at Ashwin. There are times when he's a stock bowler when you need him to be, but there are also times when he can attack and put that pressure back on even mm-hmm. even early on. The other thing about um, uh, you know the, the other thing about Kumble overall is uh, that if you take out his India record, he averages thirty seven in Asia. Hmm. Um, in that's Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, and Pakistan. Yep. Um, I think Bangladesh is the only place where he took wickets in Asia, and they were obviously very new to the game when he was going mm-hmm. up against them. Uh, so he didn't he wasn't he was legitimately a great bowler in india i don't know if you'd make a claim that there was anywhere else where he was a great bowler i'm just trying to think off the top of my head if i'm missing one well other than maybe bangladesh but even then so he doesn't really average under 30 anywhere else right yeah. he just doesn't have that kind of impact and mm-hmm. mo- as i said i'm matching that up also with the many thousands of hours that i've seen him bowl i always felt that he was a stock bowler when he was when he went away and a really good one don't get me wrong like wouldn't give you anything you know w- would keep you tied up as much as he could possibly whereas we have seen ashwin not be that kind of bowler we've seen ashwin attack we've seen ashwin put pressure on you and then also have that ability to be a stock bowler so i do think you're right it's something else that does separate the two of them and again that that is also for the old heads when when they go on and on about kumble they are really talking about kumble in india 
Hmm. All right. They're not really talking about him as much. But the one thing I would say is we didn't see as much cricket during Kumble's career. Right. Not all the series were, were played. We didn't always have access and we couldn't go back and look at it as well. So the majority of cricket that Indian fans would have seen Kumble play would have been at home. And to be fair to them, he would have looked pretty good because he averages like 24 or something in India. Right. Like he was absolutely breathtaking at home. Oh, yeah. I mean, at home, we've literally gone through this entire exercise because we were comparing Ashwin to other bowlers at home. And over there, they are neck to neck. Ashwin is still slightly ahead. But when you look at them as an overall package across, you know, all conditions, Ashwin is clearly the better one. But it made sense to spend, what, 20, 25 minutes on this comparison because uh, that's the big one, right? He's the one, Kumble, uh, with 600 plus wickets, 619, and Ashwin has joined the 500 club. So it's the obvious thing to do. And I'm glad that we went into the depths of it. And uh, yeah, kudos to Cheyenne as well. And you might not know this, but uh, I was also helping him with ideas in the backdrop. Uh, oh, look at he, you. He look picked me. my I, brain yeah. as well. <laughs> anyway. No, no, no. I, 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 think, I think for this kind of piece, I mean, that's why we have the team, right? That's mm. why we have so many different people with so many different viewpoints to, to get, you know, to get into that sort of thing. And mm. I, I pushed the Kumble thing partly because he does have 600 wickets, but also yeah. because... I don't think Kumble's Kumble's average makes him look worse than he was, if that mm. makes sense. And we know that wasn't the case. Uh, he was absolutely fantastic. Um, and he was an absolute brilliant bowler. And I don't want players like that to get forgotten. But at the same yeah. time, I grew up I, I grew up watching Kumble and loving Kumble. And I love Ashwin. Ashwin's mm. just better. That's just the truth yeah. of, of, of the matter. Yeah, I remember we were doing a footmarks or uncovered once in which we were discussing MVP IPL seasons. Kumble had one, so so there's no doubting his uh, brilliance, right? And he would have been a great IPL player, yeah. Like I mean, if he played in his peak, I, I would have loved to have seen him in T yeah. Twenty. Um, definitely, it would have. I think it would have suited him more than Test bowling. All right, uh, before we end this podcast, because we've literally discussed everything that there is to discuss with respect to Ravi Ashwin and his legacy and, you know, what makes him brilliant and why he has 500 test wickets, I'm going to put you on the spot over here. Nine bowlers in the history of test cricket have uh, taken more than 500 wickets. Rank them. Oh. <laughs> um, okay. I need to remember who they are. Warren Murley, Courtney Walsh. There is uh, Jimmy Anderson, um, Stuart Broad, Ravi Ashwin, Anil Kumble. How much have I, I uh, named? How much are left? You, yeah, uh, Nathan uh, Gary you missing? Yeah. Uh, I would have McGrath at number one. Hmm. I would probably have either Warren or Murley at two, three. Hmm. Uh, probably Warren just ahead, only because... You know, uh, as great as Murali was, a lot of his record, when you do break it down, was against the slightly easier attacks. But mm. I don't think there's much between him and him and Warren. Um, I would have Courtney Walsh at four. Jimmy Anderson at... Oh, would I have Jimmy Anderson ahead of Courtney Walsh now? God, that would have been automatic before. <laughs> um, I'm going to have Jimmy ahead of Courtney Walsh because I think if you go back, the averages, I reckon that Jimmy played on slightly flatter wickets. But, hmm. uh, you know, I'm not, there's not a lot there between those two. I would probably then have, I don't know what number I'm up to, but I would have you, Ashwin next. You, you, you basically have, put him at six, I think, because you did McGraw, Warren. I put Ashwin Murray, at six, have I? Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, Courtney, and then Ashwin. And you've got three more Ashwin. bowlers remaining. Three more bowlers remaining. Yeah. Um, and then I would have, so I've got Broad, Lion, and Kumble. So we'd have yeah. Kumble next, then Broad, then Lion, or do I want Lion ahead of Broad now? Um, oh, 
putting Lion ahead abroad would be uh, hilarious. I mean, I, I would love uh, the audience to react to that. Because uh, Broad I'm not sure is he doesn't who's... deserve to be. Because yeah, you've got yeah, an, he... a, an English bowler with an average of 27 in those mm. conditions compared to an Australian offspin with an average of 30. Maybe he there's even about four runs be, different. In maybe Lyon even deserves to be ahead of Kumble on those uh, lines because he is an Australian <sighs> finger spinner. Uh, I mean, he's got a better average. What was Kumble's average overall? He's just under 30, wasn't he? Uh, so, yeah, yes. he's got a slightly better average. Um, I think I think I probably still have Kumble slightly ahead of the other two. But those are the three that I would say are probably more, you know, they were obviously great wicket takers. Mm -hmm. But if you look at the next, then the next bowl is down. Um, you've like the next bowler down on the list is Stain, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and I know he's a long way away from 500, but yeah. like, you know, with all due respect to Broad, Lion and Kumble, like no one's not <laughs> taking Stain. Um, yeah. If you've got, if you've got an option there. So there are a few bowlers outside of that list that, that are a little bit different, but I, I would, you know me, in order to actually come up with this list would take me about 17 years. But off the top <laughs> of my head, I don't know where, I, I think Muralia Morn and Broad and Lion, I would probably have mm. to uh, jingle the most, but I think I would have Kumble ahead of, of Broad and Lion. I don't, mm. I don't think that's massively controversial. Although, you know, um, no, I, I don't, I don't think that's that controversial. And then the, the other two at the end, um, I mean, there aren't any bad bowls on that list. They're mm -hmm. all like to take 500 wickets in Test cricket. Yeah. Like, just the amount of times you have to bowl, and and you know, you just see people go, oh, you know, Jimmy's only good when it's cloud cloudy, and Ashwin needs it right. And it's just like, guys, a lot of people have had clouds. A lot of people have had dusty wickets. Do you know how hard it is to be able to consistently at the level that all nine of those bowlers have been, right? Like. Just, it's mind blowing to get to that level. Um, and we, there's, look, you look, as I just said, you can look down the list and you see Stain and Hadley and, you know, other fantastic bowlers who never got anywhere near 500. We're not saying that they couldn't have done it, but there are many great bowlers who just, their bodies wouldn't allow them to, their minds wouldn't allow them to. They would get tired. They would get, you know, they would get injured. You know, they, they, their minds would wander, whatever that may be. The ability to just come in and bowl as much as these guys have to take 500 test wickets is, it's ridiculous. And, you know, respect to all of them. I mean, uh, let's just have a look. Kumble's bowled 40,000 test deliveries. Wow. And Ashwin has bowled, oh, wait, is that right? Yeah. And Ashwin has bowled um, 25,000 deliveries. Mm. Like, oh my God. My God, I, what have you and I done 25,000 times? Like brush our teeth and fart? Like not many things have we done that much in our life. Yeah, basically. It's a weird uh, way to end the podcast, I, I, I give you. It is, it is. Uh, but yeah, um, I mean, congratulations to Ravi Ashwin. He definitely deserved to be on this list. And uh, who's to say where he would have Our ended Ashwin. up? Had, he's now going to be upset. You said congratulations and then said Ravi. And he's been like, don't congratulate me with my wrong, with my wrong name. Our <laughs> Ashwin, please. All right, our Ashwin. But yeah, it is a phenomenal achievement. And I mean, who's to say how many he would have ended up with had he played for India more, which I really think he could have at times. Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you agree... Who with knows Jan how long he goes for as well, as you said before. Yeah. Who, who knows? Uh, even even Lion, for that matter. I mean, this might be the 600 mm. Club. We might be redoing these podcasts in uh, a few years. Again. Uh, but anyway, guys, you let us know whether or not you agree with uh, Jared's power ranking of uh, the nine bowlers who've... Uh, taken no, don't, don't let me know. Let Bayram know. Yeah. And, and leave your uh, ranking in the comments below. And uh, yeah, we'll wrap up this podcast on that note. If you liked it, uh, do throw us a like, share this with your friends and subscribe to both this channel 
and Jared's other channel on YouTube. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Footmarks Podcast. Till then, that'll be all. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. This podcast has an ad-free version via Patreon, where there are also many other extras as well, including a Discord channel where you can chat to me directly. There is a link to the Patreon in the show notes. We are an independent podcast, so support us any way you can. Maybe give us a review, subscribe, or share on social media. All of these things help us. And when it comes to podcasts, word of mouth is always the best way of making it grow. If we had a guest on, chances are their socials are in the show notes. Please support everyone who comes on this show. I am Jared Kimber, and this is my network. But we also have hosts and co-hosts like Baram Kazi and Estelle Vasudevan. This network is overseen by Nick McCorriston, and each episode is produced by Ishit Kaburka at Sound Potion Studio. Mukunda Bandredi, or Muku as most people will know, is the head of our YouTube channels, and he also helps out with so many other things like the podcast recording. And there's so many other people we could thank here, but I just want to thank all the listeners and all the people who help behind the scenes that make this podcast work. Social media nightmares keeping you up after you turn out 25 minutes of gold on your podcast? It's time to wake up to Memento FM. They find the best designs for your posts, transforming your videos and podcasts into great social media posts. Join Memento FM today.